0: Hello, Kids, and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench DC Family. I know you are as excited as we are about the Washington Wizards cruising the victory in Game 3 over the Boston Celtics in Round 2 of the NBA Playoffs in the Eastern Conference. This is Off the Bench. Jamoke Davis here with Jacob Rehm and Chris Gehring. And we throughout have a great the
1: episode, Every we're going to have people filing in and out. So, yes, uh, yes. As we had a couple <laughs> of electric guests on we this did.
0: episode. We did. Tom yeah. Haberstroh. And the greatness that is well, Tom Habershaw is yeah, great Tom in his was, own Tom right. He's great. really he was really good. He was really good. But a a former Washington Wizard, Karam Butler, uh, we had the pleasure of interviewing him yesterday at halftime of Game Three. So you will be able to hear that later on. But both, first, both guests, both guests were thank awesome. you so much to It's oh, yeah, 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 Such yeah. a
1: such good. The interviews. pod just
0: keeps growing. Let's get to it. So yeah. game three. Uh, just Jacob on the back. Jacob, I'm just, you know, I'm just so excited about the pod growing. Jacob and Chris, uh, what are your first observations and takeaways from game three?
1: Well, we talked to I mean, we talked to Tom about this, but the Celtics Celtics couldn't score last night. Um, and they're gonna if if IT's not dropping fifty, they need to have a 50. They need to have a 50. They need thank you, Jamoke. Okay. They need to have a plan B. Um <laughs> and um you know, in game in game two, Isaiah put the team on his back and, um, and won it for them almost single-handedly. And in game one, they shot historically well from three-point range. And those two things are not going to happen every night. And so when they're not happening, it's going to be interesting to see if they can figure out another way to score enough to beat us. Because we're scoring at insane rates right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. shout out to Zach Rosen this is a story. The Wizards were on a 22 to 0 run in the first quarter. You can read that at washingtonwizards.com on the blog. Sorry, Chris go.
1: No, I
2: mean just a massive a massive first quarter that set the tone and something that happened that that followed is that that was that was really what what appeared to bury him right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um there wasn't a, there wasn't a surge back. Um the Wizards matched them with the physicality. Obviously we will we'll talk a little bit to Tom about it, but the um some some emotions boiled over a couple times in that game. Yeah. Which, you know, if we, if anybody, for anybody who's been watching this series in the entire regular season, that was, that was coming. Yeah. Something yeah. like that was coming. Um, but it's playoff basketball. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see that fire from our guys. Um, I'm sure that coach will, will not be too pleased with, with KO. But, um, in general, our team brought an energy last night that, um, that, quite honestly, we hadn't really seen in mm-hmm. the first couple games of this series. Bradley Beal got off to a great start. He scored our first seven points. Um, the the Wizards out-rebounded them by, let me see.
0: They out-rebounded them by a big margin, yeah, 38 to 50.
2: So, all the boxes that you needed to check that we that we thought for the Wizards going into this series to be successful, they checked last night. Yeah. Great game from Otto Porter. A huge game. Yeah. Um, from Bojan Bogdanovich as well So mm-hmm. really everything Bojan. was clicking for, for Washington Last night and so Going forward you know we'll hopefully See more of the same
0: Six players in double digits Before the game A um, couple people I talked to they are like Oh yeah they're going to blow them out I thought it would be a closer game And I was really pleased with, with the turnout Jacob if you look at The three point field goals Washington made 8 of 25 Boston made 10 of 32, only 31%. Um, Both teams are on that same 30% mark. Yeah, yes, uh, Wizards at 32. Just, I mean, it, I don't know, defensively, it was just like, it was, was it a really a different team or just maybe locked in because we're, we're at home, home court?
1: I mean, look, if the Celtics make, you know, 18 threes or whatever like mm-hmm. they did in game one, that's an entirely different basketball game that we're watching out there. Um, but when they shoot um 30 something percent like most like you you know your average is you know they they have to have another way to score I, I can't yeah emphasize that enough and yeah so it really didn't seem like they did last night um they weren't getting second chance opportunities they they weren't shooting the ball particularly well um, I think they had some historic I I, I Glanced by this stat, and I'll have to look it up. Um, they had some historically low number of two-point field goals last night. Um, yes, like se- they only did. 17 two-point field goals. They made only 17 to
0: 37 for the Wizards.
1: It's, un- it's unbelievable. I mean, and so... Only seven more than three-point um, field goals made. You know, if... <laughs> they're not going to score and they're not going to st- and you know they're a great defensive basketball team but they st- really struggled to stop us last night and obviously as the game got out of hand i think that you don't lock in quite as much and so yeah. there are things there that you know you wouldn't see in a close game maybe but the the the, the tide of the series has shifted in a big way and i'm not just saying that as a as a, as a Wizards guy you'll hear Tom Haverstroe say that as well
2: yeah the kind of energy that the fans brought yesterday to Verizon Center certainly, shout out to the fans, certainly <laughs> DC the family. Team. Bradley Beal talked about it on the floor after the game. John Wall talked about how he expected it before the game, and and the fans certainly delivered in that in that respect. So that's one, and we've seen how crowds can really can really wear on teams yeah. throughout the playoffs. I think that the Wizards certainly felt some of that in Boston, no question, and now the Celtics felt some of that here. And and once the Wizards started putting it on the Celtics, it's tough to rebound when just everything is coming at you in that sense. So that's that's one thing. And then that certainly sets a tone. Obviously, we're we're mm-hmm. back home uh, for Sunday evening's game, and so certainly if if you ride this momentum, the Wizards, you know, certainly look to be. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to say favorites, but I mean, I think being at home. Is a huge advantage if they win this win this game on Sunday, even it up. That sends it back to a a huge game five. Yeah, and and now the Wizards have some momentum, some confidence, some sort of a blueprint as to what they can bring. Certainly, if the Celtics get hot, their their fans come back. You know, we could be talking about a whole different ballgame once again as the series pushes forward. But I think last night was an opening statement from the Wizards, really, that. they expect this to be a long series and I think that we can expect this to be a long series as well
0: A friend of the pod texted me before the game about how they were worried. Celtics had won the first two games. I was like, look, they only won the first two games on their home court. That's what you expected. Let's see what we do on our home court. And they didn't just show that Mm -hmm. in the fact that they won, but like points in the paint, 56 to 28. Largest lead of 30 points. I mean, they just really dominated from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. The physicality was there and and in uh, and the fact that in game 1 and 2 they had big leads in those games as well yes it could very well be 3-0 that the wizards uh, are are looking at uh being on top and they're not of course so you know there, there is still some work to do, but I think we're all really happy about where uh, the Wizards, the position that they're in, going into Game Four. Okay, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to have Karam Butler joining myself with Jacob Reim and Jeremy Hyman on the show. Then after that, Tom Haberstroh. Uh, stay stay tuned, tuned. Stay tuned for both. Stay please, tuned. Both. They're going to be great. Good they're going to be great. We're back on Off the Bench, and we've got a very, very special guest. You know him, a little bit of side <laughs> joke. Not Darren Jenkins, but Karan Butler, CB3. You were here when I first got here, my favorite player. I can't thank you enough. A little right, inside history the there. Let's tone down well, the fandom. It's, <laughs> it's a professional show. I was able to celebrate show. a birthday party of yours. One of wow. the best memories off the court for me. It's a pleasure to have you join us on the podcast. Uh It really means a lot. You gave us some time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. And so you got a CYO Humanitarian Award. We know about your book. But, man, I'm seeing you everywhere. (laughs) NBA TV, TNT, (laughs) ESPN. I feel like you really went right from the court, which you can still play, of course. Absolutely. But in the (laughs) broadcasting. Just talk about how that transition has been for you and how much fun you're having.
3: Well, it was something that. You know, I always wanted to do. You know, since about 2008, and I started taking you know broadcasting classes and stuff that the NBA offered. You know, at Syracuse University, I did it three straight seasons in a row, and you know, I knew it was something that at some point, you know, I wanted to do. So mm-hmm. the transition was relatively easy. You know, going into that after the first time around.
0: That's uh, I just really enjoy watching you, and it makes me proud because I feel like. It's not just somebody else on television, but somebody I know and a member of our of my team. Yeah, like, man, man, man. Our exciting. family, man. This uh, Wizards family James is right doing here. It, forever. Tony O'Daniel's. <laughs> <you know, laughs> Daniels,
3: you know, I, I ran into Jarvis Hayes down there in Atlanta. <laughs> I was just like, Man, it's a Wizards reunion, man, and <laughs> it it's a great thing, you <laughs> know, is. but you know, it's something that just you know, just this lasts forever, man. I don't know what it is about this organization, but you know, once you connected here, you connected forever. Yeah. yeah. Can, can you
4: give another shout out to Syracuse? I know you're a UConn mm. guy. But he I'm he a went Syra- to Sarah. Syracuse. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I give, I give, I give Syracuse
3: a lot of love, man. Shout out to Syracuse broadcasting. <laughs> yeah. Y'all no longer Big East. You know what I'm saying? Well, y'all <laughs> yeah. are. We're no longer Big East. So <laughs> yeah, 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 it's ACC all good now. Yeah. ACC and yeah. Uh, we're American Conference, right. so it's all good. <laughs> all right, that's good. But so, Karan, you're
4: doing so much now off the court. How much do you still get to? I know you're coming. You're here. We're at halftime of the Wizards game three. How much have you got to see of this Wizards team and what do you think of this team and their chances here in the uh in the Sem conference semifinals?
3: I mean, I like their chances and I had uh, the Wizards going to the Eastern Conference Finals against uh the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, all due because of John Wall. I feel like he's the second best player in the Eastern Conference wow. next to LeBron James. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people say, "Man, you know, are you si-? Yeah, I'm I'm dead serious just looking at you know, his uh, his growth and development over the years and his change of gears and his leadership qualities. Um, I, I love what he brings to the table night in and night out. And now he got a healthy counterpart and uh, you know, uh, Bradley Bill that's bringing it. And, you know, you got the intangibles with the pieces around him. So I love what he's doing. And Scott Brooks, a great coach. I was under him in OKC. And I know that he, he can lead them to where they need to go.
1: How would you compare this Wizards team to some yeah. of the teams that you played yeah. on in the yeah. 2000s, and, and there were some pretty good teams then, and this team is looks pretty good right now. What, what do you what do you see in them? Maybe that you saw in them, or that they're different from you? Yeah, you know, guys? I think
3: they I think they're better collectively. You know, uh, us we had the big three, and you know, a bulk of our scoring came from that. You know, 70 plus points a night. But you look at John Wall and Bradley Bill, particularly in the Atlanta series, and all season long, you got you know the best backcourt in basketball. You know, alongside you know, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. So, you know, they could put up uh, points in the bunches. And, you know, you look at the pieces around them, they got young pieces, you mm-hmm. know, that could play at a high level. And then you got the, the veteran leadership as well. And I still think they're missing a component on the bench, you know, something that can, you know, uh, add another tangible at the at the wing position or, 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 a, or a four, you know, that can just add a little more depth. But they right there, man, and that's a good position to be in.
0: Now, I don't know if he watched your game. I didn't ask Bradley Beal. But what he does, where he does, that little dribble to the court and that long step snatch back, back like back, used to do. just like you back in the day. Man, he represented. <laughs> he wearing the number proudly, man. Yeah, I like too, it. I like too, it. That's <laughs> it. Full
1: disclosure, this is by far the most exciting <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, certainly man. the most exciting yeah, We been got a lot
3: podcast. of history, man. A lot, a lot of, of history. I
4: love it. I love it. <laughs> well that's that gecko's back. And now we're at we're here in the playoffs. The crowd—it's—it's it's incredible. We've went to Boston. They have their crowd. We come back home. Does this bring back memories for you from those mid-2000s teams with this playoff atmosphere? I know it was you guys in Cleveland all the time in the playoffs. But you hear this crowd and you hear how you know, see how physical it's getting out there. Is it bringing back memories for you?
3: Absolutely, it's special. You know, um, from the second I walked in here. You know, seeing Sasha, uh, seeing all the familiar faces, and you know, it's just it's it's mind blowing. It 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 brings you back, and then you know, you're living in the moment right now because the reception was great. You know, it still feels like home. It is home. It's always been my second home, and uh, the energy is just amazing here. And you know, I I love what the young Wizards is doing. You know, I love how they're embracing it. I love how the city is embracing them as well. You know, you see the. The best, one of the best backcourts in all of basketball on Ben's Chili Bowl and things yeah. like that. You know, like yeah. I was like, man, that's huge, man. That's that's great for the city, and it's, it's it's time, man. You know, we we put in our you know our leg work over the years. You know, we took a couple bumps and ails, and now it's time for them to you know take us there. Mm-hmm. I love it.
1: Um, I guess um, another question I wanted to ask you: you, you did play for Scotty Brooks, and I'll, just a little uh, little background on what what type of a coach he is, and what how, what it's like playing for him.
3: Well, he's the real deal. And the second that, you know, Ernie Grunfield hired him here and Ted Leonsis, I thought that it was a great addition. And, you know, obviously they started off relatively slow. You know, I mean, it's a process, you know, incorporating a new system and things like that take time. And, you know, John Wall coming off the surgeries and everything, he wasn't completely healthy yet, so you needed him to be where he needed to be. But, you know, in time, you know, that didn't surprise me that they went on that run. And they start this developing that team continuity and everybody start adjusting to their new roles. John Wall start elevating. You know, I love, I love when he's the underdog. You know, a lot of people was, you know, really upset that the Wizards didn't get game two. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of happy with it. I was okay with it because I was at the barbershop today and everybody was just like, man, the Wizards, <laughs> they let me down. I said, bro, it's, it's a good position when they're down 0-2 coming home because John Wall is a different animal when he's in that position, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And he ca- he gathered the guys together, and they're playing great basketball now. I love it.
0: So what else is in store for Karan Butler in the mm-hmm. future? Little Birdie told me you built a studio <laughs> at your home in L.A., a little podcast studio and TV yeah. studio. Man.
3: Yeah, I'm doing a lot of radio and, you know, doing a lot of television. You know, I love, I love that. I love working on my craft. I love just, you know, just – painting a picture and giving a visual of what I see you know it's on my last couple of years in the NBA you know I did a this an educational thing where I just plant seeds and you know try to be a mentor to many and you know I felt like I had the credibility to do it you know and I just put myself out there and then and it was received with open arms you know by my peers and that's most importantly because you know that's what I do it for so I'm gonna continue to do acting it acting
0: too Maybe no, no acting, Atlanta, Atlanta, no acting. Atlanta, Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> behind the camera, behind the camera. No acting. Okay, but I love
3: what I'm doing, man. Like, I really do. Like, it keeps me close to the game as well.
0: Okay. All right. That's well, awesome. thank you very much for thank joining you so us. Thank so much. It Appreciate means it. means a lot to, to, to me especially. Yeah, That's man. He
1: charged up, right? He charged up. awesome. I, I love it when Jamoke gets excited.
3: Hey, man, I'm about to like all his pictures later on Instagram <laughs> or something, man. All this energy you giving me. <laughs> hey, man, you got 10 likes in a row ten coming <laughs> from me. Like,
0: Thanks, thanks. <laughs> All right, kids, we'll be right back. Hope you enjoyed this conversation with Karan. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench. Now it's Jamoke Davis with Jacob Rame and Chris Gehring. We're changing our lineups as we get special guests. And now we have a very, very special guest from ESPN Tom Haberstrow. welcome let's first talk about the Wizards and Celtics game if you can uh if you had a chance to watch it and your thoughts on the game game three last night
5: um it was a throwback to the 90s it was it was a lot of technicals I think it was the most technicals in uh three years um Kelly Oubre lost his mind for a little bit and it was <laughs> yes. exciting it was kind of what a lot of fans, uh, I don't think it's fans in the front office, but a lot of fans <laughs> wish the Eastern Conference playoffs would look like. It's just a little more grimy, a little more physical. Uh, and the wizards they they punched the the Boston Celtics figuratively in game three. And I think that's what they need to do because uh, they would just they were kind of embarrassed in the first two games. Uh, against a team that can be really exploited on the on the boards, and I think this is what you got to do is things like Kelly Oubre, where they got the crowd riled up, um, and it's just they looked like a different team after that. And I think that's what they need to do is get just get fired up because this team, the Boston team, can be exploited with energy, with physicality. Uh, you saw Al Horford at two rebounds last night. Um, that's something that they have to continue to do to win this series. I picked the Wizards in six. I'm not so sure that's going to make me look clairvoyant, but I think uh, they still can win this series, absolutely.
1: I appreciate the fact that you said figuratively punched them in the mouth because there have not been any literal punches thrown yet. And you said Um, fired
0: up series, which is like a different kind of tenderization of the (laughs) NBA.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right, right. Looking, yeah. looking at it from the other perspective, uh, from the other side, um, from the Celtics perspective, um, this is a Celtics team that at times this season um, really struggled to score. Um, and last night when um, when IT wasn't made doing everything for them, uh, they, they, they couldn't figure out ways to score. What do you think that they, they have to do going forward to figure out how to get the ball on the hoop on the offensive end?
5: Yeah, you know it's it's a real good question. And it, when they were down 0-2 against the Bulls, I went on Zach Lowe's podcast, and I kind of started eulogizing the uh, the the Celtics because of that fact is that they were just so um, one dimensional in terms of their offense. And you know they're they're actually shooting pretty well in this series from deep, and so you can't really expect a regression or them to light it on fire uh, going forward. Um, I think this is a case where. Uh, they can get away with that stuff without Rondo running the ship um, in Chicago, uh, but I'm not so sure you can get away with uh, a one-dimensional offense against this Washington Wizards team. Um, and, look, I think I think uh, Isaiah Thomas going into game three, he had a 27.6 scoring average per 36 minutes, which was the best – for any postseason since Michael Jordan. I mean, we're talking an amazing scorer, uh, and he was neutralized in Game 3. And it just goes to show that, like, there was a lot of hand-wringing about John Wall's defense in Game 1, in Game 2, and it was like, you know, things can change. And you saw in Game 3 how Avery Bradley uh, and the rest of the team just struggled to score. I mean, Jay Crowder is oftentimes like their second-best scoring option. And then you have their offensive boards where they can't generate those second-chance opportunities. Last night, believe it or not, there have been 395 Celtics playoff games since 1974 when offensive rebounds became a stat. 395 playoff games by the Celtics. Last night was the first time in Celtics playoff history that not a single player in the starting lineup got an offensive rebound. That's unbelievable. That's That's unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's the stuff that they need to do if Isaiah Thomas isn't hitting shots. then well, you got to create second-chance opportunities and you got to yeah. crash the offensive boards and not a single starter, not Jay Crowder, uh, not not Al Horford. I mean, Al Horford finished with, I think, two rebounds. That's not a recipe for success. And that's why I picked the Wizards in this series is because I just think uh, against a stingier Wizards defense, I think that's going to be a really tough um equation for the Boston Celtics offense when Isaiah doesn't have it going
2: and we and we've talked about the physicality of this series from from a lot of different ways right so when you know when Brad and John attack the basket there's bumps on screens and all these things we saw that's why things boiled over a little bit last night but with the Wizards getting Jan Mihimi back in this series and already being able to throw a guy like Martin Gortat Keith Morris even though he's been hampered a little bit with an ankle what can the Celtics do about that since that seems to be kind of a a major tipping point and, and an advantage for the Wizards in this series.
5: Yeah, again, it's going to come down to rebounds, and I think Yamimy's another big body, a good screener. Um, he's a guy that I wrote about extensively earlier this season about his use of virtual reality. If you want to go, just Google Tom Abristro, virtual reality. You're going to read about John Wall walking off a plank, jumping off a plank, uh, which. Deemed super scary, and it was. Um, and Yamahimi <laughs> used a lot of virtual reality to get back into rehab and rehabbing his knee. Um, and that's a still a big question to me, is whether that um, his legs are still good. And he had the, the calf issue, um, and he's still coming back from the knee injury earlier from this season. So I think he can be a real plus for them. I think he can crash the boards, uh, again, st- set good screens, he'll pop out for a little bit. Um, but that's 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 exactly what they need in this series is another body to throw at the Celtics uh, front line because they they're not big and tough down um, down low. So they absolutely need Yamahimi to to come in and also anchor that second unit that in this series um, has been a problem. Uh, I think Kelly Oubre, even though he's been out, uh, he's going to be out maybe um, if he's suspended. I think he's minus 47 in this series when he's on the floor, uh, mm-hmm. which speaks to that second unit needing some extra punch, another pun there, and then John Mahima can provide that.
0: And and so we had Karan on before you in this uh, podcast, and he talked about how John Wall is right behind LeBron James as one of the, the best players in the Eastern Conference. As you have seen him play, how have you seen his game evolve? What are you seeing in John on the court?
5: Um, well, it's kind of it's kind of the same. He's just a lot more consistent, and I think that comes with health. I mean, when you go with like two major knee procedures in the in the same offseason, he comes in looking like he's a, He's aged Benjamin Button style, like five years. Like he looks so <laughs> much fresher and so much younger. His game, I think, is the same. It's just he's got more legs to do it. And um, you know, this is a guy who doesn't still doesn't have his three point shot being you know on the level of say Damian Lillard or Isaiah Thomas or Steph Curry of course not but in terms of his ability to drive and kick which is the the 2017 that is the, that is a the, uh, the modern offense there are a few guys who do it better than John Wall maybe James Harden um but he is outstanding and you know he's dwayne way 2.0 on the defensive end i think Ooh. he and dwayne are the active leaders in terms of blocks for guards and so he can at times be a big man out there and i think that's a huge asset for them i mean did you know that in this series john wall is leading them in blocks i mean that's big yeah, yeah. um they did that know kind that of presence from your point guard so he's so versatile um he still hasn't figured out his three-point shot um to be super consistent, but once that happens, man, he's going to be a perennial MVP candidate.
1: High praise. I love High that. High praise. Me too. Um, let's let's move on to checking out a little bit of the uh, of the rest of the NBA now. This uh, the second round thus far has not seen a game finish within single digits yet. Um, do you see? Uh, Is that right? Yeah. All every game in the second round has been a double digit victory.
5: Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, uh, that's not good for the networks. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's they're that. S- for my bots, yeah. I don't think they're that psyched about it.
1: Um, I think that we can. I think we can. S- I maybe you disagree, but I highly doubt it. I think we can safely put two of the four series to bed, more or less, at this point. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about Spurs and Rockets and uh, that that series that I thought Game One was incredibly interesting and I was thoroughly unsurprised that the Spurs came back in uh, um, Game game 2. And so talk a little bit about that series and where you see that one going.
5: Oh, man, I thought that the Spurs, it was going to be a toss-up. I picked the Spurs at 7 just because I think just Kawhi Leonard is so good. And once the playoffs happen and he's going to be guarding James Harden a lot, uh, I thought it was going to be the edge for the Spurs because he's that good on that end of the floor problem is tony parker's out and Mm -hmm. not many people who watch tony parker this season would say that's a huge problem him being out but he was lighting it up this postseason he had a 21 per just before he uh, tore his quadricep tendon in the last game and so i just don't think that they have enough firepower at that point guard position i love patty mills as a as a sub but he's uh, he's a spark plug, uh, but he's not the engine. So I, I really think that this is going to be a tough series the rest of the way without Tony Parker. Um, but Kawhi Leonard, man, he is just he, – he was my MVP pick this year, and I don't think people quite understand. I mean, he has uh, – I think it's a 72% true shooting percentage in this postseason. I don't think people realize how efficient he is. I think his PER is at 37, which would be mm-hmm. the best in postseason history. Um, and he's doing it all for them. I just don't think that he's going to be able to do enough to get that edge in the series. But look, look at James Harden. He hasn't been moving very well. Uh, he says there's a hip issue, but he'll be quote unquote, totally fine. Um, so if James Harden is limping and Kawhi Leonard can wrap him up offensively, it could be a tough dogfight for the Rockets, but I still think without Tony Parker, I think this is going to be Rockets
0: and seven. It's really Nene is really the MVP of the Rockets. <laughs> he we brought he was on the Wizards, we groomed him and Ariza. We sent him to Houston, and now they're just they're playing very well. As I look at a picture with Ariza and Nene behind there. Uh, yeah, I have a big
1: there. big frame photo of Nene <laughs> on my uh, on my wall <laughs> in my office. <laughs>
5: Yeah, so, Nene, Nene's my guy. I used to live in Brazil, so I'm all ooh, for Brazil. All right. Congratulations the out there. Um, he's awesome. He's a so, great
0: dude. He's a great dude. You, you tweeted yesterday the Warriors are just playing a different game than everybody else. And yesterday I was up watching the game, and less than two minutes ago, the Jazz were only down seven. I was like, what's going on? Are they really that dynamic? Are they bored with the NBA? Yeah,
5: oh, my goodness. Well, okay. the Jazz, Jeez. they were hanging in there. i <laughs> <laughs> we're we're throwing parades for a team being within 7 points. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we are. are we that are. Is, we that are. is that is that is
1: such a classic Jamoke addition well, to make is. like. No, because the thing um, is they were down
0: 7 with the ball. You get 3, you're four? Like mountain, it was close than I thought it would be. Mountain out of a molehill
1: for Jamoke with the Jazz getting you gotta 7. You got to have add
0: some drama for the networks, right, Tom? <laughs>
5: that's right. That's right. No, I think like I think this is you know the Warriors I don't even think are trying that hard um I I think they're they're out here without Steve Kerr um and they're still just lighting it up and I don't even think they're they're really trying um in this series yet I mean they're playing at their home floor Gordon Hayward had a great game in game two and it still didn't really matter so uh, the Warriors, the stat that I, I posted was that they have 53 games this season with at least 30 assists, and no other team has more than, like, 16 um, outside of them. Yeah, Nuggets
0: and Celtics, all right. Uh,
5: so, like, yes, some people, like, replied to me being like, well, that's what happens when you have four All-Stars in the same starting <laughs> lap. And I'm like, <laughs> the Cavs have three All-Stars in their lineup, and other teams do two, and they're nowhere close yeah, to Yeah, they're it. not like, even you on your even list. Be that they have four All-Stars. They play a certain brand of basketball that no one else is playing where they pass and they have an egalitarian offense where it doesn't matter who's going to have the ball. I mean, Steph Curry ranks something like 60th in ball ball possession in the NBA, and he's a two-time reigning MVP, and he doesn't have the ball in his hands very much. So that is a unique offense, and that's what I meant by they're playing a different game than everybody else because... In today's modern era, you have the ball in John Wall's hands and James Harden's hands and Russell Westbrook for the majority of the game, and no one else really does it that way. It Does it the way of the Golden State Warriors, where you just pass, 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 and it does not matter who has the ball or who gets the shot. I think it's an admirable offense, and it's really hard to replicate, but again, it does help having four All-Stars.
1: <laughs> who's, who's
5: trying less hard right now?
1: The Golden State Warriors or LeBron James?
5: <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's weird. Watching LeBron, he just looks so fresh. It's unbelievable. He's, He's, um, you know, the the long layoff is is really helping him, but, like, he's so confident out there. I mean, when he's twirling the ball. (laughs) That's what I was
1: thinking when I asked.
5: It was it was it was like watching uh, a man amongst boys and it's not like Serge Ibaka is this small dude like normally you would expect him like doing that little cat and mouse game when he had like Isaiah Thomas on him. He is one of the best shot blockers in the NBA guarding him and he had Mm -hmm. no problem just toying with the guy. So he's. He's incredible. I mean, I've been writing a lot about how his miles are higher than anybody in the league, and pretty much anybody in history has never had an odometer quite like LeBron here in his 14th season, and it doesn't seem to matter. Um, he is just incredible.
2: Couple of things. First of all, what are what are going back to the Utah Golden State series as it shifts to Utah? What are your thoughts on the Salt Lake City nightlife situation? Did you see the T-shirts <laughs> at the Jazz? put out. I thought it was brilliant. As somebody who's who's on social media all day, that tweet made me smile, but what are your thoughts on the on the Salt Lake City nightlife
5: for the Jazz? You know what? I've never been there. Um, actually, I have been there. When <laughs> okay. I was six years old, my, my family, we went on an RV trip uh, out west and <laughs> went through Salt Lake City. Uh, when I was six years covering old, covering the
1: Jazz head, at A6, all right.
5: Of, um, watching Aladdin and falling asleep. So, I can't speak to the Salt Lake. I mean, I think it. I think I slept well. There wasn't much <laughs> nightlife there. But I, I, I actually thought about buying one of those shirts. I yeah, love me shirt. too. I love the idea that these teams are now any sort of quote or any sort of uh, meme out there. Uh, they've decided to like sell T-shirts based off of it. I saw it with. Fisdale when he said take that for data Uh, And I love the the (laughs) fact that the Jazz are making this into uh, a thing for them They're profiting off of something that Matt Barnes and Draymond Green said Which I think is brilliant turn of events
0: And so Tom you're on the road a lot working for ESPN Writing on television all that stuff We see on your Instagram you have a new baby How has that changed your life in just trying to keep up with everything?
1: Jamoke, full disclosure, Jamoke also has a new baby Yes,
0: Tom. I do
5: Yeah, how's, how's your sleeping going?
0: Uh, you know what? My wife has him On this sleep training book that she found And for about a week It was very painful to go through Now he goes to bed Exactly at 7 o'clock And wakes up at about 6.30 So it's been great for about 3 months now I'm really happy Shout out to my wife
5: Wait, 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 how old is your baby? Uh,
0: he'll be 2 in July you want oh, okay, me to send you the book? I'm
5: like, man, uh, I would love to have my <laughs> No, actually, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: No, you know what? That's funny. I did make a mistake. Actually, it's been about a year that I've slept well. It's just I was thinking of like this. Your season. kid is already
1: two? Yeah, I know. It's been that long. Well,
0: I thought your kid was like
1: four yeah. months old,
0: Jimoke. No, no, two, two.
1: Man, so, sorry. That was, was misinformation, Tom. Tom. I'll tweet you that a was, link to the, the book. That was misinformation. It'll
0: change your life and your wife's life.
5: Man, you're 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 misspeaking on a full night's rest. What is what is it like when you're not sleeping well? I don't
0: sleep well on the road. Traveling with the team, I wake up <laughs> in the middle of the night. It's crazy, uh, and I hate it because I I don't know. I just don't sleep well. But at home, I sleep like a baby. No pun intended.
5: You know what's funny is I ha- we started using a sleep. Uh, like white noise machines. Yes, we do that baby. too. Yep. Um, and now I can't sleep on the road without it. So <laughs> it's funny. I had no idea that, that would have that effect, but now I need a, a, a white noise machine when I sleep on
0: the road. Chris and Jacob have no idea what we're talking about. They're oh, like, this yeah, we're is not their conversation. are no, not there Not, not quite. Jacob is close. He's going to get married soon. Yes, that's correct. I am going to get married soon. All right. Well, Tom, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, We appreciate you taking some time out of your day. Everybody can follow Tom Haberstroh, Tom underscore Haberstroh on Instagram and Twitter and all of that social media stuff. Uh, You you do great stuff. We really appreciate you coming Mm -hmm. on. And, Tom, when
1: when the Wizards make the Eastern Conference Finals, we'll have to try to talk again.
2: Yeah.
5: Absolutely. Yeah, and I was going to say, go Wizards because if they win in six, then I look really smart. No, most Uh, definitely. Well, then
1: I hope you, uh, I mean, we already know you're really smart, but I hope you look even smarter.
0: All right.
5: uh, (laughs) All right, guys.
1: Thanks Thanks again. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.
0: All right, we're back for the fourth segment here, and let's just talk about Game Four quickly. Uh, Jacob, Chris, take it away. What are your thoughts on what? How do you expect the Wizards to play, and also how you expect the Celtics to come back? Because you know, Haberstroh gave us some really good little tidbits going into Game Four too.
1: Well, I think that um, if you paid attention to the Celtics post-game, I think that I think they were a little bit embarrassed by the way they came out mm-hmm. in Game Three, and I would not expect them to let that happen again. That is a that is a proud team that had a ton of success in the regular season. Um, Isaiah only had 13 points. I think we'd be foolish to think that he will score thir- that low, that yeah. little again the rest of the series. Yeah. Um. I I fully expect Game Four to be the best game of the series right without question. Yeah. But I'm also expecting us to hold home uh, to protect home court. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, w- the w- the Wizards punched back, and 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 last night was a was a very big statement on their own floor that look you know they're just as capable of of putting it on people on their home floor with their fans behind them as the Celtics are no question that the Celtics were irritated by last night's game in in multiple facets yeah and so they're going to bring they're going to bring energy on Sunday we know that they're a good team we know the ways that they can get hot certainly with Bradley with Crowder with even olinic, you know, they can they can spread you out, they can create options. Brad Stevens talked before the game yesterday about how they like to play with space and they have the personnel to do that really all the way up and down their roster. And so you know, X's and O's, they 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 can be very very difficult to beat. Obviously emotion will be a part of it after a game like game 3. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see how how well the execution goes on both sides with all of those things factored in. We know that the playoffs are about about execution. We know that the Wizards will know what the Celtics are going to do. We know that the Celtics will know largely what the Wizards are going to do. And so, you know, how everybody manages those things is going to be really the thing to watch, I think.
1: As a huge as – a, as a Wizards employee and as someone that's been a fan of the Wizards his entire life and a huge fan of basketball in general, I don't think that I've been – this excited for a game <laughs> going into game four as and since Maryland, Indiana. Are you for serious? For national title. I think it's probably been really? 15, 15, 16 years
0: since I've been this excited for a basketball game. And Okay, we're pivoting a little bit because I'm going to tell you a game that I bet you were excited about. Remember, we were down to Indiana. We go to Game Five and beat Indiana, Indiana, and come home for Game Six. That was great. Wait, the, okay, yes, but the, I think there's there's a there's a difference between the
1: there's a difference between the feel of that team and the feel of this team. There, there is. Okay, I think
0: that there is a general. That was uh, the Ariza Wall Bill Ariza. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: There's a there's a general buzz about this team. This this is this is a better basketball team than that team was. And this is a team with more potential. Okay. Um, could they have beaten Indiana? That Indiana team that such stalwart defense, yes. But yeah. I there's a general buzz about this team and a general feeling about this team that is more positive And I, I just think it's a better team. And I think this team has more potential than that team ever did. So okay. Wall and Beal are older and more mature now. And, you know, they've added some wonderful complementary pieces. They have the team there back now. So, I mean, I think that... Um, I just, I just think it's, a, it's a different feeling, and so that's why that, that was, that was very exciting, and unfortunately we didn't get it done. Hopefully
0: this, the excitement of this yeah. game goes better. Yeah. But I'm,
1: I'm, I'm very excited for Game Four. All
0: right, and Game Four is this Sunday, six thirty p.m. There are still tickets available. Not we many. We uh, not many, not many. We want our DC family to come out, our Potters, uh, Whiz kids, come on out. Uh, we are really looking forward to this game. We're, I'm probably gonna get here at like. 1 2 o'clock. I'm just going to be here early just cuz I'm so excited for okay, this that's game. that's when
1: we always get here for home games on the weekends. Well, you, so really? I don't know. No, but, but I really sometimes I, sometimes I, I'm, I'm like I'm 2 sorry. hours before. You well, get here early, you get you, here but, but I'm early. just saying that's like that's that's nothing new.
0: Okay. All right. Well, we'll be here. Okay. Yeah. We out here. Okay. We out here. Well, I will be out here too. We want to thank Tom Haberstro and Karan Butler for joining us on the pod. Hope you kids enjoyed it. Uh, we'll have more for you after game four. We'll pot again, right? Of course. Yeah, probably pot again Monday. Yeah. We'll find to. some guests. Have we'll to. find some guests. All right, kids. Ciao for now.